Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Hey, Tamar, how are you? Good to see you this morning. And um, I guess we are, I guess, uh, you know what, we'll be building up in numbers as we, you know, people start coming on. But um, good to see everybody this morning. And I'm thankful that God has raised us up this morning to see a new day. Mm -hmm. um, so as some would say, grand rising, blessings on the new rising of a day. Um, the same thing is it's the same thing as saying good morning to everyone. We have it, we say it in different ways. So um, it's a beautiful Sunday morning here where I'm in Georgia. A um, little bit nippy, but I guarantee by 12 o'clock and two o'clock, I'll be taking off my jackets and I'll be doing some other things, you know. So um, for that, we are thankful for. And we are so happy that um, it doesn't matter where we are, what we are doing, that um, God is in the midst of us um, because he does say in his word where two or three are gathered together, um, there he is in the midst. And so we, we want to start our um, NLH service with that in mind that, you know what, he's an awesome God and there's just so much that we can uh, be thankful for today, another day, um, February, sorry, March, <laughs> March the 6th, uh, March the 6th, 2022, and we give him thanks because we were, came into a new year, we didn't know what, what to expect, but he has provided, he has sustained, and we are here another Sunday morning to give him praise mm -hmm. and glory. So, um, and we do this in different ways. We do it by the word of God, reading the word of God. We do it by fellowshipping with others. And one of the sweetest ways we do it is him giving us a voice to sing and worship him. And that's where we're gonna lead off into now as we ask our sister Tashina, as she gracefully does every Sunday to just lead us into worship and um, just take us to another realm because it's in this way of praise and opening up our hearts. And for those of us who have the voices to sing, we open up our voices to give him praise and give him glory. So it's another way of speaking to the Father. It's another way of showing our, our, our adoration to him and fellowshipping with one another as we worship in song right now. Sister Tashina, take it away. I bless you, my brother. Bless you and bless everyone here who is here, wherever you are and you are hearing my voice. Indeed, it is a lovely day. And as a people of God, we declare that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we are privileged and honored to be able, honored to be able to rejoice and be glad in it. 
as as our brother has rightly said, we are we are scattered all over the world, right? But wherever we we are and whatever the sky looks like or whatever outside looks like, it's still a lovely day. We are mm -hmm. alive. We are able to behold such a day as today. The Lord has lent to us breath once again. And so we, his people, are glad. We are in awe of who our God is and continues to prove himself to be. We have entered into one of the most beautiful times of the year, I believe, and that is the season of Lent, where we specially focus on the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I, I believe it is fitting that we focus on his work all year long, but I just especially love this season because it brings into closer focus for us just what it cost him to bring life to us. And so this morning, as we are called into worship, all I want us is to focus on him being the anointed one. Yeshua HaMashiach, he's a lion of Judah. He is the anointed one. And I just want us, the words of this song are very simple. They might be repetitive, but it is to drive home to us just who it is that we worship. No ordinary God, no foreign God, no statue. No old man sitting down with a long beard drawing on the, the, the ground. He is the anointed one. He's the lion of Judah. He is the one who sits and rules and reigns over this entire universe. He's not static. He is not stale. He's not confined. He is present in us and among us and around us. He's everywhere and nothing happens without his say so. Yes. Oh. Glory to his name this morning. And so as simple as the words may be to this song that I share with us first of all this morning. I, I, I tell you, I could not sing this one because I was going to sing this morning, but then the Lord wiped out my whole praise and worship session and brought me back to the simpleness of this song. The simpleness of this song. Let us focus on him being the anointed one who came knowing that his death would bring life to us. Hallelujah. Yeshua, Amashia, Lion of Judah, Akune Chemba, Yeshua, Amashia, Lion of Judah. Akune Chemba Yeshua Amashia Lion of Judah Akune Chemba Yeshua Amashia 
There's a reason we have to call his name. There's a reason why we have to call his name. As I've always said, there's no power in my name. There's no power in your name. But his name yes. does something when his name is called. Hallelujah. My brother Stephen. Oh, glory be to his name. Glory be to his name. Amen. That song is just, it, it just took my presence a while ago. I mean, it's, a, if you, th you know, we're so accustomed to maybe just singing, oh, Jesus, Jesus, you know. But when you, you utilize another name, yeah. also it brings you back to what the meaning, true meaning of his, his name is. So in different languages, his name was called in different ways. But that song is just, it just touches my heart. And um, thank you, Tashina. Thank yes. you so much. Um, and we're going to, um, before we go into the scripture reading, which um, if you all, it will be posted, but um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it also. Um, I, I love my opening up the Bible itself, but you know, we're into the digital age now where we can use the phone, see it online. So we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. And in the meantime, just want to remind you that this is our first Sunday. And, um, you know, we're going to be having communion this morning. So get your stuff ready, you know. Um, um, you know, do whatever you have to do. Get your... Um, bread, crackers, wine, whatever you need to, to do, um, juice, whatever it is. So it's a representation of um, the body and the blood of Christ um, is what um, communion really is to, to us. So let's dig into his word and just read um, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. And... Um, Verse 19 says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, <clears throat> baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's the NIV version. And, and truly... It's a, a commandment and, um, that Christ gave to his disciples uh, more than 2,000 years ago. And it's something that still stands right now. So the commandment, I would say, or the action that he was telling his disciples to do is to go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to just connect, guys, with that, that, that first line. It's not even, it's, it's like half of the verse. Go and make disciples of all nations. It didn't say just to the Jews. It didn't just say 
to the Ethiopians. It didn't say to any one particular person. It said all, keyword, all, all nations. And then it goes further by saying baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So I, say, I, I, I cut it down and say, in the name of the Trinity, right? We know the Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So let's think about it. Some people do things differently sometimes, and I'm not going to be judge and jury of anybody. But, you know, some people think that or say, oh, you come to church and you get baptized, right? And it says, make disciples first, and then it says baptizing them. And some people do it the reverse. You baptize and then they go and try to make, you know, some people do baptism from children are at, after birth, you know, three months, six months, two years. Um, tradition, we'll call it that. Um, and then verse 20 says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. How do we teach? How do we exhort? And the things that... God has commanded us. We find it right here in the scripture. So one thing I'll say to us is that we need to dig into the word of God every day as much as we can. That's how we're going to learn. That's how you're, you're taught. You, you go to school, there's no way you can be successful going through school if you don't study. Hebrews says, um, study to show yourself approved unto God, workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. we got to study the word of God. Got to study the word of God. That's how we get connected. That's how we stay focused. And lastly, it says, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So trust me, folks. Let's just encourage each other. We know it's one thing that he left us as a promise is that he will be with us. He left us a comforter. He left us two things that we will always be able to get closer to him, we'll always be able to be drawn to him and to prove him that he is our creator and our king. And it's that we have the word of God and we have the Holy Spirit that is always with us. Spirit is within us. As you hear me say sometimes when I have prayer, Lord, evoke the spirit that's within us because it is, he's always there. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And just like I said earlier, I said all, same thing, to the end of the age. That is until he comes for us. So I just want to thank him right now. Thank him that, Father, you are holy, you are righteous, you are God, who there's no question of your mighty works and who you are. There's no question of who you are the creator of this world and who you have represented and, and has brought us to a, a place where at a time like this, we have nothing but just gratitude in our hearts. We're so thankful that we're here this morning because you woke us up to see a new day. You put breath in our lives. 
we are scattered all over the world. We are using different devices that you have given us the wisdom and the understanding to put together. These things are man-made, but you are the creator of us. You are the one who has given us light. You are the one who has given us this body, which is a temporary tent. And we ask that you just heal those who need healing this morning. Bring light to those who need light and understanding. And as your word goes out later on, Lord, from the, the, the speaker, touch his, his head, touch his entire body and help him to reveal, allow him to reveal to us what you want to hear from us. God, we just thank you for this fellowship this morning on NLH as we come together and allow ourselves to be open to your, your, your beauty of fellowship and worship. We thank you for this morning. We thank you that those who are listening from whether um, um, other different areas, the and, and the Zoom who have just come on, we thank you for them. We thank you for those who are fellowshipping different areas uh, and of the world. And those who are in our, our sisters who are and brothers who are in Kenya, uh, we thank you for them. So just glorify you this morning, Lord, and I ask that you just open up our hearts now to, to accept your worship and your prayer. Accept what we have to give to you, Lord. Accept our worship. Uh, your, as we honor you and glorify you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Sister Tashina, do us the honors again, please. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. I will do. Um, there is something that has become an outstanding to me and it's as if God wants us to take notice and be reminded and I, I, I heard it coming out even as we came together and we um, were praying at the beginning and that type of thing and it is the reminder that he alone is God and it's not I don't think it's that we have forgotten I, I think that it is that sometimes circumstances, when we, when we pause too long to watch and focus and be caught up in what is happening in the world, we would want to believe that the world is like a train without anyone driving it or anyone in control of it and so it's just running away and it is going to destroy everything that is within its path and God God wants us to be reminded even as we were praying earlier and even in speaking just now um, um Stephen brought it back out that he is God alone he alone is God just be reminded today that he alone, there is no question of his measure, of his worth, of his power, for he alone is God. Hallelujah. Tell one more person, tell one more person, if you're looking for somebody, he's God. And he don't need nobody else.
there's no question of your greatness nor searching of your power oh the wonder of your glory to you 40 years is but one hour your knowledge is all encompassing to your wisdom there is no end oh for you
all glory, all power, all dominion belongs to him for he alone, he alone is God. Hallelujah. Stephen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tashina. All glory and honor is due to his name. And, uh, we are just, it's another, another reason to be, to glorify him today. Uh, he is the reason we are here. And um, I just want to take this time to, to welcome again for those who came on a little bit after. Um, we have, you know, just welcome this morning again as we worship together. Um, as you all know, Sister Tashina is doing our worship and praise. And um, welcome to um, Tamar, Reverend Bolt, Ruth, Sister Rafina, Rifa, Sister Rifa, welcome, welcome. Um, Laverne um, and Mr. Stedman, uh, Stedman and um, Ernest, and uh, I haven't seen. Uh, Reverend Collymore and I, well, Mike, Sir Mike, yeah, man. So it's, it's, it's good to have everyone. Good to have everyone this morning. Um, and we are um, maybe small in number this morning, but guess what? Presence of God is here. And we are going to take time to do our tithes and offering this morning. And um, if you're so led to... Um, spread your tithes and offerings with NNH. Um, let me just give you um, how you can do so. Um, if you can do it by Zelle, it's newhorizonmin at gmail.com. All right, uh, as you know, with Zelle, you can do an email address or a phone number. And the phone number is 469-333-0397. right, and you can, or you can go on online with Givelify app and look for New Horizon Church. And there are a couple of um, different NLHs on there, but just look for the, the one with the um, green and the red writing with the leaf above the, the red um, L. And you will be able to um, do so, um, whether it's your tithe or your offering. Um, to donate uh, to NLH. Um, remember, there are different areas that we can and uh, we can do, or um, that we will be able to serve in. Uh, there is so many. There are so many different areas that uh, NLH has been able to help and assist people, and it's the building of the work of God as usual in um, so many different areas. So, um, please. Uh, do so if you can, um, whether now or later on. And um, let me just read Malachi 3, verse 10 to 12, in, um, which says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that where there will be not that there will not be room enough to store it. Uh, the, uh, Sister Tachina, just 
pull that down. I will pre prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations, verse 12, then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Glory be to his name. So um, be prepared also um, as we get, it's the first Sunday and we are having communion. Uh, as I reminded us earlier, get your, um, if you want to share in communion, uh, get your, um, whether juice or wine ready, bread, crackers, whatever you use to signify. And as an example of um, uh, taking this time, as I think it's one of the, the most, um, I, I want to find that word. Um, communion is not to be taken lightly. Um, you are, it's a time of reverence where we are reminded of what he did for us on that cross. And it's not, you're not eating his body, but it's a representation of his body. The bread is a representation. The wine, the juice, whatever you use is a representation of his blood. So be mindful of it as we um, um, we go through this this morning. So at this time, we'll do some announcements. And that will be done by our brother, our Reverend Bolt. Thank you. Okay, the, the announcement prep. that we're following is about prep, mission in Kenya. Stephen, that's you. Oh, okay. All right. Um, the missions in Kenya, we need your help to minister to our brothers and sisters. We wish to supply Bibles in native Swahili, Swahili um, provide food to supply families with meals for a few days. Um, there's an estimated cost to this, and um, just a simple donation of US $15 will be able to sponsor a family of four. So please be mindful of this. If you can help, if you can assist, um, the same way how you um, do your tithes, you can do a Zelle to New Horizon Min, that's N-E-W-H-O-R-I-Z-O-N-M-I-N -E at gmail.com. Or you can use our number, 469-333-0397. Again, the number is 469-333-0397. And also, um, we can do so at Givelify at New Horizon Church. New Life Horizon Church. <coughs> New Life Horizon Church. All right. Um, here. Also, there's a meeting ID and password uh, so we can um there's also another let's move on to the other announcement which is the study of acts which is done on monday um monday evening at seven at 6 p.m sorry so this monday the 7th of march at 6 p.m eastern standard time um our zoom meeting as usual um, the zoom ID meeting number is 584-033-6193.
And the password is all caps, NLH prayer, NLH prayer, all right? And also on Wednesday, we have our prayer and fasting again. Um, so join us this Wednesday, March 9th, as we have our prayer and fasting. Guys, please be encouraged as we, it's, this is something that's necessary. Um, yes, we pray a lot sometimes, but um, it, it also brings us closer to our Father up above. All right. Um, if you can take the time to do um, fasting, uh, and if you can join with the church, that's even better. All right. Uh, we call that corporate fasting, and um, we get together and we um, just tune our hearts together with, with God and we come before him humbly in prayer and fasting. Right. Let's just move on as we're going to ask our sister again to bless us with a song. And, um, sister Tashina, take it over. Thank you, my brother. Bless you. Bless you all who have come on since as we continue to worship and as we move into this segment of our worship or um, let me share this particular song with you. My hope is Jesus. In whom have you placed your hope this morning? That's the question I am asking. In whom have you placed your hope? And if your hope this morning is not in Jesus, may I pray that this song will enlighten for you some of his qualities that you need in your life to, to come into your life, to, to lift you up, to make your life full and rich and abundant. I pray that some of these qualities of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be highlighted as we worship in this song and then afterward we move into the next segment. My hope is Jesus. Some hope in chariots, some hope in wealth. My hope is Jesus and nothing else. Oh, such love, such love and grace leads me to seek my Savior's face. Some hope in armies and the strength of man. My hope is Jesus who calls me friend. He bears me up if I should fall. 
Glory be to his name. My hope is Jesus. And we know that our hope, not only just our hope, but our answer, answer is Jesus. We hope for a lot of things, but we know the true answer of what we need and where we need and where we're heading to. So thank you again, Tashina. Glory be to his name. Uh, we, we, Allow, just allow when the, the worship of, of song comes through to just have it permeate in our hearts and our minds. Just It's a part of our, our reverence and our worship. So allow 
the music and the words to speak to you also. Just as how I know you will also accept the speaker and his words this morning. And at this time, we're just going to ask Reverend Bolt to um, follow, the, follow through with communion for us. And uh, I had mentioned earlier, hope you're all ready. Reverend Bolt. Yes, my brother, yes. I will um, definitely do that. Um, before I start, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege, the awesome privilege of partaking of your son's blood and his body. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. We come to the time when we partake of the Holy Communion. Now, this is a very vital part of the service, very vital. And I'm always looking forward to partaking of it. I want to read from Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, starting from verse 13. And then I'm going to go to John. Listen carefully. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they communed and reasoned together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He said to them, what kind of communication are you sharing with each other while you're walking and are sad? One of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only foreigner in Jerusalem who does not know what has happened there in these days? He said to them, what things? They said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was to redeem Israel. Moreover, today is the third day since these things happened. Even some women from among us who arrived early at the tomb surprised us when they did not find his body. They returned saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Then some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. He said to them, O oh foolish, O oh fools, and also of heart to believe what the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for Christ? to suffer these things and to enter his glory. And beginning with Moses, and he seemed to be going further, but they urged him saying, stay with us for it is nearly evening and the day is far spent. So he went in to stay with them. As he sat at supper with them, he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. 
Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished out of their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he, while he talked with us on the way and while he opened the scriptures to us? Okay, let's turn to now John chapter 6, verse, I'm going to start from verse 18. I am the bread of life. Your father ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews therefore quarrel among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Whoever eats my flesh and drink my blood remain in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your father ate manna and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. When they heard this, many of his disciples said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Knowing in himself that his disciples murmured about it, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who there were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. This is awesomely powerful. He says, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. And so because I want his life to be in me permanently, constantly, I choose to partake of the communion, the bread that represents his body and the wine that represents his blood. It is that vitally important. He says, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Not as infrequently, but as often as you do it. So we really don't have to wait until Sunday morning come to partake of it. We can partake of it individually at home, even before we leave for work in the morning, just to remind us what was accomplished for us and who we are in Christ Jesus. The communion of healing power in it. I truly believe that.
the eyes were open and recognized who he was. Bread with well, Yes, the bread speaks of the body of Christ. Communion is back on. The communion is his blood that was shed on Calvary. Reverend Bolt, you're back. You're glitching. You're muted. Yeah, back. Yes, yes, yes. I just came off mute. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so I want us to just reflect as we partake of it. So, um, please just hold the bread up for me. Hold the bread up. Okay. Let me pray, Father. As we partake of this bread that represents your Son's body, that was crucified on that cross so many thousands of years ago for our sake, and your Word says, by His stripes, the stripes that was laid on His back. We are healed. We are healed. That's your word. And so, Father, as we partake of this bread that truly represents his body, we ask, Father God, our body will be revitalized and strengthened to do your work on this planet. Bless the bread, Lord, as we partake of it. In Jesus' name. And the scripture says, Paul says, As I received of the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may now eat. In the same manner, he took the cup after he had supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You may now drink. Father, we thank you. We thank you for breaking bread with us. We thank you, Lord, that you said that the next time you do this, we'll be in your kingdom. You will break bread with us again in your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the privilege. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Bolt. Um, we're going to just um, ask Reverend Bolt to continue um, as we are coming close to our speaker, Sir Stedman. Um, he is um, our speaker for today and um, a very close friend of Reverend Bolt. 
And I will just allow Reverend Bull to introduce the speaker to us. And right after he does that, I'm going to ask our, our sister Ruth um, to pray over the speaker for today. So ladies and gentlemen online, please, um, as we come to this, set, this section, um, prepare yourselves to hear from the man of God as he's introduced and he's prayed over to just open your hearts to receive whatever God has in store for you. Because truly, he has been working already since we started. He's blessed us with some um, music, some songs that even the words have been inspiring. And um, the information, the fellowship has been sweet so far. And it's going to continue to be even sweeter as the, the man of God expounds the written word to us today. All right, so Reverend Bolt, introduce your friend, sir. And um, right after will be your wife who will be speak, um, praying over him. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. It's an awesome privilege I have this morning of introducing a very, very dear friend of mine, very dear friend of mine. And um, you'll be bringing the word this morning to us. But you know, I was introduced to Pastor Stedman maybe around five years ago by a very dear friend of mine, most of you know him, Michael, Reverend Callimore. And the day I met Pastor Stedman and just by talking to him, immediately I recognized that God has placed him in my path for a reason. I immediately recognized that. And, and as we continue to speak, it came home to me even more that this man came into my life for a purpose. And, you know, he's a very wise man, full of wisdom of God. He, he really is. And he has so many testimony of God's goodness in his life. And in 2019, Pastor, but, but I must say he has a beautiful wife. Her name is Eileen Oz. Okay. And very meek, very humble woman. I, I, I hope she's on to, um, this morning. I would love to see her, um, Pastor Stedman. <laughs> but she's like that. And in 2019, the enemy tried to take him out. But the Lord put a restraining order on Satan so he could not take his life. He had an accident, a severe accident, um, coming from church with his wife one Sunday morning. And the car was written off by a drunk driver. And Pastor Stedman ended up in the hospital. He was there for like three months, three months in the hospital. And he had um, a coma, a, a one week in coma. And he, I mean, he went through it. The doctors never thought he would have made it because they said to him that when somebody comes into the hospital looking the way you look, usually they go out in a body bag. bag. But, but God will, would have it that Stedman is alive today, right? Because his journey is not finished. The work that God has laid before him is not finished. So he had to do it. And so it gives me um, just joy and pleasure to introduce my friend, my dear friend, Pastor Stedman. 
He's from the um, Abundant Grace Ministry in Florida. And I want him to say more about himself. I know he's not going to focus on himself because I know him. He's not like that. But I want him to say some more as he comes on. Come on, my friend, and speak to us this morning what God would have you to say. I will just pray for him. Good morning, yes, everyone. Go and thank you for joining us. I'm happy you took the time out. I know Stephen has already welcomed you, but I want to welcome Catherine, who is also hope in your heart. I like what you have on your screen. Pastor Stedman is also my good friend. I met him through Pastor Reverend Bolt, but I'm just here to pray for him this morning. He just finished church at his church and he's here with us to share the word. We are grateful that he could join us this morning after his service. So Father, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you that you have kept him. And I hear you saying, what the enemy meant for evil, you turn it for a good. What the enemy meant for evil, you turn it for good. You turn it for good. So Father, we thank you that you have preserved him and you will continue to strengthen him. I'm asking you to protect his family, his children, his wife, that Father, no weapon form against them. I place a hedge of protection over him this morning. And we said the blood of Jesus covers him. The blood of Jesus covers his, his family. The blood of Jesus covers his children, his great-grandchildren, and all of them. Speak through him, Lord. Continue to anoint your manservant. We thank you that you are a God who knows the beginning from the end. We ask that you tabernacle with him as he brings the word, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. To you, Pastor Stedman. Good morning or afternoon. I'm not sure what time it is, but good day, brethren. It's so good to be with you. As Reverend Bull told you, we're friends. Sister Ball told you, we're friends. And I have news for you. We're brothers and sisters. And that matters a lot to me to know we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. God has been good to us, very, very good to us. And we live for his glory. Today, I want to speak to you on the subject of lifestyle evangelism. Lifestyle evangelism. But before I dive into that subject, I'd like to testify. Why do I want to testify? I want to share with you a love story. A real love story. The story of the Lord's love for me. 
And yes, there was a time in my life when I loved preaching. But now I love sharing my love story. Let me recognize some familiar faces. My sister Catherine is with us, and I'm glad you're here. Um, Reverend and Sister Bolt, I'm glad you're here. Minister Lewin. The first, second, and third time I visited um, this church, and sometimes I come on, and thank God for Zoom, I can come on and nobody knows I'm on, because I can come on using just my middle name, and you don't know I'm there. <laughs> I come, can come on nameless too. Um, the first, second, third time I visited the church, Sister Lillian, I thought you were the pastor. Yeah, I just saw leadership in you. I just saw leadership in you, and I thought you were the pastor. Um, then afterwards, I learned that, <laughs> uh, no, you're not. Um, that reminds me, Sister Lewin, when we fellowshiped um, in a large group and I was pastoring, there was a couple which visited with us and decided to be a part of the fellowship. and it it took them six months or so to find out who was the pastor. And one day the man came to me and says, How come you're the pastor all the time and I didn't know? I says, Because you don't need to know. You don't need to know. That's one something great about great fellowships. It's not about Reverend Bolt, it's about Jesus. And that's something great. So, Sister Lowen, you were always the pastor in my mind. And one day, I think I was talking to Reverend Collymore, and I mentioned Pastor Lowen. And he says, no, she's not. Um, <laughs> he, blew, he, he blew the cover. Lewin. It's good. Let's, let, me, let me talk a little bit about, yeah, let me talk a little bit about what God is doing, did for me. And yes, you're allowed every now and then in my message to unmute and express yourself. Because when you write, I don't get to read it. it I, I really, others can read it, but I don't get to read it. So if you unmute and say something, just like when you were worshiping in church, in the live group, and somebody would say, amen, hallelujah, or praise the Lord, um, yeah, it's okay with me. I am not distracted by people giving God glory. Where do I start my testimony? Let me start at birth. My mom told me when I was born, being a first live birth son, because her first son was a stillbirth. When I was born and the nurse presented me to mom, Mom says she in turn lift, me, lift this baby up and gave him to the Lord and sentenced me to a life she wanted. She told the Lord, I'm giving him back to you to be a minister of the gospel. Then when I was told that story, I rebelled like any other child and says, I don't want to be a minister. So why did you give me back to the Lord to be a minister? Because I don't want to be a minister. I had my plans. 
But 54 years ago, and I'm sorry to be dating myself, I just entered my teenage 54 years ago when Jesus chose me. He chose me. I had no choice but to say yes. He saved me. And there's something weird about me becoming a Christian. I didn't go to church and go to the altar and they prayed for me. I got saved at home. And it was not during one of those early morning prayer meetings which I hated so much as a child. Because the hills of St. Andrew is very, very cold. And when you have to get up those early morning, every morning for prayer meeting, it's not a wonderful experience for a child like me. The Lord saved me at home when nobody was praying, nobody was preaching. And I went to church and testified that I'm saved. I got back home and my mom told me I must not tell lies. She has no evidence that the Lord touched me. So I went to pastor and I asked, I told pastor, please plan a baptism for me. I want to be baptized. My mom says, you're not going to be baptized until you're saved. Fortunate thing about it, my pastor was my uncle. So he told my mom, I'll baptize the boy if you don't want him. You know where I live, send him to me. Shortly afterwards, the Lord filled my life with the Holy Spirit and fire. But I'll tell you something, young Christians. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you're going to always be obedient. The first rescue mission the Lord sent me on, I told him no. Bear with me as I give my testimony. I told him no. I like what he did before that rescue mission. He gave me some revelations, and I went to my pastor and told my pastor what the Lord told me. And the pastor looked at me and said, God speaking to you too? He told me the same thing. What an assurance. Anyhow, when the Lord sent me on a rescue mission, I told the Lord I wasn't doing it. If you want somebody to do that, tell the pastor, not me. And may I dare tell you, it might be an unusual relationship with the Lord. But, but I felt Two big hands held me by the neck. I was being squeezed by these two big invisible hands. And when I realized I can't breathe, I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. He let go his grip off my neck. 
And I told him, I mean I'll do it tomorrow. I went to my bed that night and those same big hands held my neck. And I did what the Lord wanted me to do. Jonah. Because he doesn't play. He doesn't play. May I tell you, um, later on, I had my plans for my life. Know that I'm a Christian. Know that I know the Lord is working in me and through me. I'm going to be the next youth director in my church. Because the youth director was migrating. May I tell you, I have not become a youth director yet. Because that was not God's plan. The church made me Sunday school president. At that time, our Sunday school had approximately 54 members. And most of the adults didn't attend Sunday school because it was a kid stuff. I went to seek the Lord about this. And God gave me a new vision of what he wants to do in Sunday school. And may I tell you, Sunday school grew from 54 to 502 members in one year. All about God. Praise God. The time came because I was a teenager still, and the guy was taken over for Sunday school president from a few months before I was born until the time I became the president. It's time for me to go to college. Church had a send-off for me. And here's something um, interesting. God says, yes, you're going to college. But this send-off is unnecessary. I was in college in a different parish. And I was home every weekend. Because God wanted it so. I'm speaking to somebody. The strangest thing is that the church made me director of evangelism whilst I was in college in a different in St. Catherine. The church is in the hills of St. Andrew. And my pastor says, now you're going to buy into the vision God gives me for this community. Sister Ruth, did you know that God can write exams? I knew that. I went preaching one Sunday night and the last bus left, left me, Reverend Bolt. So I had to find my way back to school Monday morning. I got to school at 8.45 for an 8, for an eight o'clock exam that lasts for one hour. 
I walked in the exam, asked for the paper. The professor says, no, you can't write it in 15 minutes. I won't give it to you. I said, will you please give me my paper? I took that exam paper. I sat at the desk and I prayed. And the spirit of the Lord came upon me. And my prayer was like this, Lord, I was out doing your work, write this exam for me. And remember, I also need my breakfast. So I need time to eat. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wrote that exam, that one hour exam, in under 10 minutes. Wow. When I got up and I hand in my exam, the entire exam room broke out in a laugh because they said, okay, he's frustrated. And so he just decided to take a zero. All I know, I got a perfect score in that exam, 100%. Not just an ordinary A, 100%. friend of mine who was a Christian asked me, how do you do it? I said, I did not do it because I still don't know what questions were in that paper. The Holy Spirit answered every question and used my hand for as fast as lightning. That's God. That's God. That's my awesome God. So remember when I graduated from college in the yearbook, exactly what was said. You know, there are people in, um, in the yearbook that says we'll be successful on all of this thing. Under my picture, what they wrote, wrote, how this preacher from the hills of St. Andrew made it is a miracle. That was what was written on my picture. Because I tell you, I'm in college, and I'm running two weeks crusade, which is an every night situation. We did it, because it's Jesus. Robo will tell you about my accident. What he didn't tell you is that Satan tried killing me many times. Been to the doctor severely here. And after much tests, the doctor says he has bad news and worse news. I said, just give me the news. The bad news is that it's you have cancer. And the worst news is that we caught it too late. You'll be dead in about four weeks. I look at that poor doctor and pitied him. And I told him, the cancer part is true. The dead in four weeks is not true. I ain't finished my work yet. There's a procedure they wanted to do the, um, the following week. I said, wait, brother, here's what is going to happen. 
I'll come back to see you in five weeks. He says, you don't understand. I says, Doc, you don't understand. I'm not dying. That's the God I serve. He healed me. He healed me. Went to the, uh, went, I went to see my doctor about a year and a half later. And this man come tell me I have prostate cancer. I says, give me a favor. Give me a week to deal with that and I come back and redo the test. And he says, what do you mean? I said, I'm going on to pray, and then I come back next week. I prayed, and I go redo the test, and he didn't want me in his office to tell me the result. He called me and said, I can tell you it on the phone. There's no trace of cancer in you. And then Satan decided he wants to kill me in that accident. And I want to say like one of my favorite preacher, look at him and says, you missed. Because I'm covered under the blood. And you need divine permission to touch this. Because I serve a God who is greater, more powerful than you. You don't understand 54 years of testimony would take a lot of visits. But I'm going to stop right here and tell somebody what you're going through is for the glory of God. Do you hear me? What you're going through right now is for the glories of God. My accident that left me unconscious for four weeks, my accident that results in kidney failure, uh, lungs collapsing four different times, a heart attack, and a stroke, was for God's glory. When was the last time God used it for his glory? Tuesday. And Tuesday, I saw a stranger. And let me tell you something. When God tells you to talk to somebody, go ahead and talk. She was driving a Lexus 350, ES 350, and I says, what are you doing in my car? In the parking lot. And she said, your car? I have this one from us, a student in college. I says, my dear, let me tell you about my accident in, in one of those cars. Under the final, she's a Christian who is going through deep depression because the only person that, that she has in her corner was her mom, and her mom died and was buried. The funeral was just across the street, and she had to go to her doctor, which is across the street from the church where the mom's funeral is. And she says, it's agonizing. It's terrible. And when, I, when we finish talking, she says, man, I'm going to go live 
and I'm going to go praise my God and I'm going to go lift him up and I have to share your testimony with other people. God has his glory that he wants to get. The scripture says in St. John chapter 15 verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. The choice was not yours, it's the Lord's choice. He says, I chose you. And I chose you to go bring forth fruit. And I'm instructing you that your fruit should remain. And the results of bringing forth fruit and the fruit remaining is that you can ask of me anything and I'll grant it. So listen to that sequence. Jesus chose you and me too. And he chose us to bring forth fruit. And he says, if your fruit remain, that grants us the permission, the authority, the qualification to ask what we want and he will grant it unto us. What fruit was 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 uh, Jesus talking about? Saint Paul qualifies that in Galatians five, when he says, "When you are called of God, and He puts His Spirit in you, the fruit which the Spirit produced in you, love." joy and he goes on i wish i could this morning use that passage a little bit and i told somebody in bible study my a group my group in bible study that english language is one of the laziest language on the earth The English language is as, is as lazy as my younger brother was when he was when he was very young. We call him Shorty and we say, Shorty, you are so lazy. They ask you a question, you say, mm-hmm, or mm-mm. Too lazy to open your mouth. That's what was the that's the problem with the English language. Because when you say love in the English language, the Greek use about seven different words for that one word. And so, when we, when, the whole, when we talk about love in the likeness of the original language, we're talking about the love that God has, agape, which is unconditional, one-way love. Christians, the love for my wife is not one-way. Did you know that? My love for my wife is that one way. It's almost a competition. For I love her with my entire being, but I am fully convinced that she loves me more. She keep on winning in this love business. We're not talking about that one. 
Let me tell you, my wife loves me. Accident before this accident, accident when Satan tries to kill me going to church, then this one he tries to kill me coming from church. My wife was crying that I'm dead. And I told her I'm not dead, and she said, yes, you're dead. That is because of that love she has for me. But when the fruit of the Spirit is love, we're talking about the love of God, the love that moves you with compassion, the love that causes you to love people who can't love you back. The love that causes you to love your enemy. The love that makes you willing to put your life on the line for others. The unfathomable love. I tell you what I'm going to do for you as a people. I'm preaching and I'm using some of my lessons so I can just send you the entire lesson and don't go into depth. But Christians ought to love. Christians are to be joyful. That's beyond being just happy. Jesus said, I chose you to be a love machine, to go love the world. I chose you to be joyful when everything is going bad. I chose you to rejoice in me when the world around you is collapsing. I chose you to seek peace and pursue it. I chose you to be temperate when all the people around you are crazy. I chose you to be the substitute for your brothers and sisters who are going through hardships. Let me tell you how this substitute can work. Reverend Bolt, when I went to college, Unfortunately, one of my friends that I met in college, in college through the Christian Fellowship was a new Christian. And his roommate was an atheist. When you're assigned a room in those days, you stay in the room you're assigned. And my new brother, my, my young brother was crying every day. All these atheists, what the atheists are doing in the room and all of those things. And one day I look at him and says, I have a Christian as a roommate and I don't deserve him. We're switching rooms. You're going to come, you're going to come live with my Christian brother and I go live with, your, with the atheist. I tell you all that one hand up. The atheist today is a minister of the gospel. Because I, I'm, over, I'm over to that room 
I love him. I pray for him. And I win him to the Lord. Come tell me there is no God. Oh God, don't, don't tell me that foolishness. I'm going to love you until you meet my God. Do you know before my accident, I have a supervisor at work who was an atheist also? And do you want to hear his testimony? When I regained consciousness and I called him, he says, Stedman, when I heard of your accident, all I could do is to cry and pray to your God. And I knew if anybody could come through this, it's you because of your God. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Can I get, can I get hit again? Amen, amen. You mean I got my thigh broken into four pieces and my ribs broken and my leg broken and my foot crushed and my head bashed in and some 80 something other says I pray to Jesus. I say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to his name. Yes, how great Lord. Let me get back to my subject matter. We should bring forth fruit. And the Bible is talking about the fruit of the Spirit being in us. But here's something that Jesus says. Those fruits should remain. You know, sometimes when we go through hardships, we stop loving. You know, sometimes persecution wipes the smile off some people's face. You know, the storms of life sometimes shut some people in their rooms. But here's Jesus speaking in Matthew 5. From verse 15, verses 15 and 16, he classifies us in two ways. He says, you're salt and you're light. What does he mean by that? Salt in those days was more than what salt means today. Because in those days when you go hunt and you catch your, you shoot your animals for dinner, you have two choices. Eat all of it or salt a part of it to preserve it. Jesus is saying to us, we are the preservative in this world. We are who keeps the world from falling apart. We're the ones. Did you know? Listen carefully. That when the church is removed from this world, when you and I are gone out of this world, all hell are going to break loose. Because the Holy Spirit in us, he's the restrainer who prevents the man of sin from being fully manifested in our world. And if you think the world is bad now, I say to you, brothers and sisters, wait until we're gone. That's one more message by itself. But it says you are salt. But you are also light. 
Let me tell you something powerful about light. Anybody know bottle torch? If you're a country picnic, you'll know bottle torch. If you're not, you don't know what it is. So Sister Ruth don't know a thing about bottle torch. You take some cursing, I'll put it in a, in a soda bottle and you wrap up a piece of newspaper and push down in it and light it and you get light to walk in the dark night. There were two women walking up a, a lonely dark road and there were enemies. But one had a light and the other had no light. And although we're not talking, I am walking close enough to you to see the light. And the one at the light, she run, and when she run, the other one in the darkness run behind her. She stop and sit down, the other one standing near near. She walks slow, the other one walks slow. She put her back a torch in front of her, the other one go in front of her. She put her back a torch behind her, the other one going behind her. The, the, the enemy says, no matter what you do, I want to see some light. Brothers and sisters, you are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Jesus bids us shine. People do you bad things, but I admonish you, shine, shine, shine. For men do not light a candle and put it under a basket. They put it on a candlestick so it gives light to the room. new life when we all come together you are a city on a hill and people will march towards that city if we're shining but here's one of the problem we have we know that evangelism is jealous advocacy for a cause zealous advocacy for a cause and we know that personal evangelism or lifestyle evangelism rather, is living so that people will see Jesus in us. He's living so that people will taste the salt. Those of you who are married or live with other people, I'm sending you home to, run, to do an experiment. If you get hit, don't blame me. You see your friend or your loved one sleeping. Take this a little bit of salt and put on their lip and see what happens. They're fast asleep. Just put a little bit of salt on their lip and see what happens. Brother Stephen, it looks like you have done that before because I saw you licking your lip. In their deep sleep, they lick their lip. <laughs> Salt cause action. You know why some people don't follow us? We're not tasty. Our lifestyle is not tasty. When we got hit, we hit back. When we get criticized, we rebel. When people tell lioness, we stand up and defend.
defend ourselves. But for the cause of the gospel and for the glory of God, it's about time that we show something. It's not my fault why I'm still preaching. Reverend Bolt refused to tell me how long I should speak. And I did ask him. I'm asking wrap up. But guess what? God wants for us to be tasty. And in order for us to be tasty, we must have love. We must have joy. We must have peace. We must be able to suffer long without grumbling or complaining. We must take on the attitude of Joseph the man. Joseph the boy was thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, lied on and thrown in prison. But Joseph the man became prime minister of Egypt and he was in charge of the food. And when you are in charge of the food, people go seek you out. I know who came seeking him out? His brothers. But when he had conversation with them and inquired, those boys told him they were not a brother. His name is Joseph, but he's dead. Let me tell you something, Sister Lauren. People can tell lie on you and wish you bad all this time to the point where they believe it. If they start saying that Steve is no good, sooner or later they will believe that Steve is no good because their lies become their reality. But listen carefully to me. When they told Joseph, those 10 boys says, we have two other brothers. One is Joseph who is dead. And the other is our little brother whom our father will not allow out of his sight because he's the last one. Joseph finally had to look at those liars and says, I am Joseph. I'm not dead. I hold your life in my hand. I'm not dead. I'm here feeding the world. I'm not dead. I'm here fulfilling the, the purpose of God in my life. And they became afraid. And Joseph says, don't be scared. God sent me to Egypt to save lives. I want to ask you a question and pause for you to answer it in your mind. If you were Joseph that day, what would you do? What would you do? He says, God meant it for good. So I want to say to you, the difficult times you're going through, God meant it for good. The hardships you're having, God meant it for good. Some people don't want to go through anything. 
You need a testimony, my brother. You need a testimony, my sister. But hear this. When your fruit are mean, when the storms of life doesn't blow off your love, when the persecution does not stop your joy, when all the things you're going through doesn't stop you from blooming and glorifying God, God says, you can ask of me whatever you will, and I will grant it. When we have done the will of God, God listens to us. When we have done his will. Our lifestyle should give God glory. In wrapping up, I like to say, does your lifestyle contradict your testimony? Can people believe you? There's a 19th century, a big 19th century philosopher called Ralph Waldo Emerson. A very influential mid 19th century philosopher. He had this to say, your actions speak so loudly that I cannot hear what you say. Your actions speak so loudly that I cannot hear what you say. My brothers and sisters, we're called to flourish in the courts of our God. We're called to be filled with love and joy and peace and all the others. We're called to be people of faith. Is our action betraying our testimony? You say you love me. Can you please show it? You say you're a man of peace. Can you show it when you get kicked? You say the joy of the Lord is bubbling over in your soul. Can you show it when you have lost everything? Because brothers and sisters, to win people to Christ through our lifestyle, they must see something in us that they want. They are to see something in us that they need. Brother Akins, after my accident and I regained consciousness and all of those, when I was in rehab, they sent a psychiatrist to see me. I was not happy to see no psychiatrist. Why are you sending me a shrink? But Sister Lewin, she came in 
she talked with me for about five or six minutes and she pulled out a card and one of her cards and she explained she says i'm here because people won't go through what you go through tends to become suicidal but you don't need me i might need you one day you got it well and I have a feeling you have a good church group around you. And she gave me her card and she left. And she's not back yet. I don't say psychiatrists and, and all of those people are not important. But what I say, God's children are not suicidal. Because we have the joy of the Lord in our soul. Does our testimony speaks the truth? Yeah. I want to close with some pointers. I want to give you some tips about personal evangelism, lifestyle evangelism. Tip number one, be led by the Holy Spirit. This is spiritual work. Be led by the Holy Spirit. You remember Philip? When he joined himself to the eunuch? He was led by the Holy Spirit. Here are some important scriptures. Romans 16. Sorry, Acts 16. Also Acts 8, 26 to 38. Romans 8, 14. All of those speak of us being led by the Spirit. As we try to win people to the Lord, gain God's perspective. You see, sometimes we want our way. It's God's way. I want the people who can discern soul cravings. And soul cravings manifest themselves in different ways. Some people will say, tell me more about your God. Some people will say, I don't want to have anything to do with your God. It's all over the place. But learn, know when a soul is craving for something more. Learn to develop relationships. That's important. A good place to go learn that is volunteer in the Guardian program. When I volunteer in the Guardian program, it teaches me patience. Every Christian ought to be able to share your story and keep it real. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard some people testify you know that they're telling lies? If Sister Ruth comes on this morning and testifies that she was a murderer before the Lord, save her. 
I would on I would open my mic and loudly say liar, liar, liar. Okay. Keep your story real. Keep it relevant. Make sure you're being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Be patient and be faithful. That's something that some of us don't know, that we need to be patient and we also need to be faithful. I want for us to remember when we're sharing Christ that the non-Christian is going on a journey. Some of them as first to learn to trust a Christian. And it's after they learn to trust you as a Christian that they become curious about your lifestyle. Then they'll open up to changes. And then they'll seek after God and then step into the kingdom. But some of us just want to tell them Jesus saves and expect them to be saved. It's a journey. Pray unseasonally for the person you're witnessing to. So here's because I say lifestyle evangelism is an imperative for every Christian. I want for each of us. To make a list of 10 people we're targeting. Just 10 that we're targeting. Don't go out there and tell them that they're a target. Start praying for them. And as you pray for them, ask God for an opportunity to present him to them. Start loving them and start blessing them in the name of the Lord. It's only after I grow old, I understand some things my, pet, my mom and my grandmother were doing. Because my dad died when I was seven and my mom take it upon her to feed the community. And she poor. But she told me, prayer must be accompanied by potato. When I was like 10 years old, my grandmother was filling up a basket with bread and milk and all sort of stuff and put it on the poor little head to go to the adjoining district. 
because there were two blind people living there. I have to carry the basket because my grandmother was old and she would go on there and bathe Mrs. Purple and comb her hair and clean up the house and serve them food and then let me read the scripture. She sing for them and pray with them. That's lifestyle evangelism. I sat with a testimony, so let me end with a testimony. And when Reverend Bolt have me back in three months' time, I will preach a straight message because I get all the testimonies out. Here's lifestyle evangelism. A young man came to the house one Saturday morning. His mom sent him for grocery because his father or husband got sick. I told him my dad died from our seven, so he was dead a long time. And my mom was a sick woman who trusted God. She didn't have much, so she went in the kitchen and she cleaned the cupboard out. She took out everything and gave it to them filled a box and gave it to the guy called little man and little man gone with him box heavy pen in head and i go in the kitchen afterwards to look something for breakfast and realize there was nothing left you didn't know i used to be greedy i started crying i told my mom I said, little man, that's what we call a young man. I said, little man, father is sick, mine is dead. Sister Will and her husband have a cow, they have goat, they have a mule, and they raise chicken. And you give her all the food in the house. And the only thing we have left is a donkey. What am I going to do? Heat the jackass? My mom says, and you left out one thing. She calmly says, you left out one thing. And I was so angry, I was shaking. What, what, what? My mom says, we have a big God. You left him out. Sister Lewin, I'm sorry picking on you constantly. But a couple of hours later, a uncle which lived far away I can relate, sir. drove and came near to the house and called out. Amen. And my uncle called and says, send the ugly people and let them come. Can I bring some things for you? He was a wonderful uncle. Uncle, call everybody ugly. My mom sent just me and my brother. You know, if you ask of the ugly kids, it has to be the boys. Just sent me and my brother. When we got there, my uncle says, where are the others? And called back and says, send the other kids. These two can't bring, can't carry all I bought. 
we got meat that we didn't give little man. We got everything that my mother gave away. God supply our needs tenfold. We're talking about lifestyle evangelism. It's about time that us Christians understand. Give and it shall be given to you. When last you give out of your needs. Some people like to give their surplus. Give out of your needs. Give when it hurts. Go the extra mile. You are the call of the Lord to bring forth fruit and your fruit should remain. Then you can ask God what you want. Last night I told him, I'm scheduled to work until 10. But I need some money, so I need to go until 12. At 10.30, I decide to clock out. My boss says, no, you're not going. As a matter of fact, at 8 o'clock, they needed some people to volunteer to leave because it had gotten slow. I volunteered. And they says, no, you're not going. 10.30, they says, no, you're not going. 11.30, Sister Ruth, they says, you're still not leaving here. 12.30, they say, okay, you can go home now. I got the timing that I needed because of God. I might have rambled. I'll send you my notes because it's not scrambled. But I want for you to understand this one thing. Don't think when you have me to speak, you're going to get a pretty speech. All I'm saying to you as children of God, live the gospel. Amen. Do what Jesus wants you to do. Be faithful to him. Amen. Amen. Your food should remain. You know, a few weeks ago, I had one of the big disappointments of my life, Sister Root. My mango tree started putting out some tiny mangoes, and a cold front came through. Every one of them drop off. <laughs> so you know what I had to do? I had to go talk to the mango tree. I had to go talk to the mango tree. I told the mango tree, you didn't cause the cold. But I want mango, so if you don't beer, I'm going to chop you down. <laughs> because the Lord told me I can ask anything and it will be done. You won't see my mango tree now? It has a whole lot of flowers and some tiny mangoes too. That means in a few months from now, I'm going to have to keep over water away from my house. I speak to my trees. I will not look out of a tree out there. I told it, you get until next year to bear. Yes. I speak to everything in my life. Because Stephen, the Bible says, if my fruit remain, I can ask what I will and it will be done. That's why I tell cancer in the name of Jesus, take a walk and don't come back. 
and he took a walk. Do you understand lifestyle? Walk as a child of God. Walk in authority. Keep your hands up and keep your hands up and know that you have authority. Stop being wimps. Stop being cowards. And start being faithful children of God who knows the call of God on your life and understand power. The centurion says to Jesus, don't come to my house because I'm a man under authority and I understand power. When I tell to a servant to do this, he do it. When I told one go there, he goes. Mm. The condition of my house don't need you there. It just needs for you to speak the word. I'm a man who has power in the world, and you're a man who has power in the heavenlies, so I understand you can speak the word. And I tell you, Stephen, that which Jesus had, you have it. He leaves you here to occupy till he comes. You remember the 1980s when the police would not go to Rima and Trenchstown and those areas? If they're going there, they have to be accompanied by soldiers. Jesus sent me there to preach. And I told the church, he told me, I'll be, I, I, he sent me there and I'll be there, I'll, I'll preach successfully. What he didn't tell me is whether or not I'm coming back out alive and because I didn't ask him that. I wasn't careful about that. I go there to preach because he told me to go preach. Street meeting, night. You can't have supporting protection. The soldiers are not coming. And the moment I, I started preaching, guess what happened? Two ga gangs clashed and they were firing M16 rifles and we were caught in the middle. I told the Christians who were at me, not one of you move. And we preached the gospel. Years later, I went to Canada, visited the church, sitting down in peace, worshiping the Lord. And there's this guy up at the front row looking back at me constantly and says, I don't know him. Why is he looking at me like that? Church over, he ran almost trip over people. Come to, come to me. He said, "No, you don't know me." But when you came to, to when you came to Rima to preach that night, I got saved, and I'm just here. I just want to tell you, I'm still with the Lord. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Everything in my testimony of reason. I told you in my early teenage how I rebelled against God and he had to take me by the neck. He didn't have to take me by the neck when it comes to going to Tivoli, um, Rima, because I know all he can. He squeezed my neck when I disobeyed. But when he told me to go this time, I went without a squeeze. It's about time we start going without a squeeze. God bless you. Get your 10. Target them. 
pray for them, witness to them, lead them to the Lord, be kind to them, be gentle, be patient, hallelujah, be patient. Because sometimes you pray for people, they became worse because they hung a conviction. Reverend Bolt, you shouldn't have asked me to come, but you did. My brothers and sisters, the Lord bless you. You want something to be presented theologically? You want something to be presented sequentially? Next time you call me to teach. When I'm teaching, I do that. When I'm preaching, I just go where the Lord wants me to go. And God sent me here to tell you this morning, get uncomfortable and start doing the work of an evangelist. And begin with lifestyle evangelism. Start living like Christians ought to be. When people see you, they must see Jesus. When people see you, they must see light. When people, feed, when people taste you, they must taste the grace of God, that salt in you, that glory of God that is coming from your life. You don't, have a te you don't need a testimony like mine that you crashed. You don't need a cancer experience. You don't need any of those things. All you need is the grace of God in your life and the power of God working in you. My brothers and sisters, I love you. God bless you. Be courageous, be strong. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. The things I fail to say, let your Holy Spirit minister to the life of your people. The things I say, which are not for some individuals, Wipe it from their minds. And the things which fits their lives, preach it by the Holy Spirit to them. May your grace and your mercy be extended to us, your children. And may we walk in the light as you are in the light. Hallelujah. And may your glories be reflected in us. Cause your children to gaze on you until they are transformed from glory to glory into your very image. No more biting and barking and devouring one another. No more fighting and wanting to win over our brothers and sisters. But instead, oh God, help us to submit ourselves one to another in deep humility, accepting the wrong for the unity of the church. May this church, oh God, experience an extraordinary unity and grow and prosper. And may, oh God, as, your, as our pastor is in Africa, may she be blessed there, oh God. Bless all your children. Bless all your children. Lead them in the way they should go. And in their lives, be glorified. Amen. 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 Glory be to your name. What a word.
such a word that is we're not hearing you Stephen turn up such a word not hearing you still hear me now everyone okay turn up your volume yes so it is an awesome word that is is so so right for us Mm -hmm. And hopefully someone on this um, platform this morning has been blessed by it, has been touched by it. Hopefully someone hearing the, our speaker, dear speaker, Mr. Stedman. Sir Stedman, he, he has, has delivered what God has proposed for or has given him. And so please, Allow it to resonate in your hearts and your minds. And uh, listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. Allow him to speak to you. Allow him to just touch your minds and your beings and the spirit and at this time i'm just going to pray for sir stedman father in the name of jesus we ask that you renew our brother's mind right now renew his spirit renew his body renew his being refresh him in a way that only you can. We thank you for this word that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for the using him as a vessel to deliver this morning. We thank you that you have provided a man of God to speak to our hearts and our minds. And I ask that you bless him, bless his family, Bless all that are surrounded by him, his church. Bless those that he comes across on a daily basis to continue to be the man of God that you need him to be. And this word that you have given us, Lord, as we read earlier on, to go into the world to preach the gospel. You gave that commandment to your disciples. And it's the same way we are being challenged right now to walk the walk, as you would say. To live that evangelistic life style where we can be salt, where we can be people that make a difference, people who touch lives. So we ask that more of you and less of us be seen. May your love flow through us. May we be the vessels used of you to touch lives, Lord. We just thank you. And we thank you for our brother again. We thank you for what you have laid on his heart to give to us. We thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Holy Spirit. In the name of God the Father. Amen. 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 Thank you again for being a part of us. Thank you for being a part of our NLH ministry this morning. 
And I'm going to ask um, our dear brother Donald to take over the, the ending of our service um, as he um, gives, gives us some, um, whether some news or and, and prayer over Kenya, the ministry that's going on there. And I wanted to thank everyone who is on today. Thank you for being a part of NLH and the ministry today. Thank you for being here. You could be anywhere else this morning, but you chose to worship with us. And we're thankful that as a group, we could hear the word of God. And don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of it also. Take action. Allow the word of God and the, the, the music that was presented and, every, and the fellowship that, was, that you felt today to manifest and bear fruit through you for the rest of the week. Um, please remember the other things that were announced. We have um, a meeting tomorrow. We're going through the book of Acts. The, the um, fasting and prayer on Wednesday. So, um, Brother Bolt. Yes, my brother. Pass it over to you, sir. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, this message was directly from the throne of God. Directly from the throne. Reverend Bolt, we're not seeing you. You cannot see me? Okay, let me. Your video. Okay, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying that this message was directly from the throne of God. I know you see why Pastor Stedman is so dear to me. Because from the moment I met him, I realized that God is with this man and God is using this man. And I remember saying to him a few months ago, we're talking for a long time on the phone. And I said, Stedman, I want, because we're talking about oh, a lot of men of God are falling because of sin in their life. Do you remember saying my accountability partner? Yes, I said that to him, just to watch over each other. Because the word that the Lord, the Holy Spirit used into exactly what we need. Lifestyle evangelism. We have to live it, not just speak it. People watch how you live your life. We have to learn to suffer. We have to be a fruit of joy, peace, and love. People are watching for that. If you behave the same way they behave when they are going through hardship, what difference is there between you and them? What we have is marketable. People need it in the workplace, at home, on the street. Just start talking to them and they spill their guts to you. The pain that they are going through. The pain. They need what we have. But we must demonstrate it. They must be able to taste the salt in our life. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is telling us this morning. You know I'm very strong on evangelism. 
because it is very dear to God's heart. So it has to be dear to my heart. And that is why I encourage you each day as you go to the workplace, open your mouth along with your lifestyle and speak to people about the good news. Let them know that the depression that they're going through can be eased, but you have the answer. Talk to them about it. The problems, the challenges, they don't know how to deal with it. And so the message this morning, I welcome that message. I really do. And I know this line. Grasp it, grab it, and run with it. And make your priority, number one, is to win souls. Tell people about the Savior. Tell people about eternal life. It's available to them. But not just tell them, but live it so that they will stay. So Pastor Stephen, I thank you tremendously for bringing this awesome message to NLH, the members here, because we need it desperately, desperately. And I thank you again so very much. Um, we're going to wrap up. But before I do, I want to, um, I want to, make an appeal for the people, the, the missionaries in Kenya. Last night, the Spirit said to me, tell, find out from Pastor Eva, what is the pressing need in Kenya right now? And so I text her, I text her, and I asked her, and she responded within 10 minutes. And she said, yes, go ahead and make do is to get water for the church. The church need water. The ladies are carrying um, five-gallon buckets with water to the church just to clean the church building, the floor. So what she's trying to do is to get water to be piped into the church. That's her mission right now. She's trying to get the money to pipe the water into the church. So I said to her, thank you very much. I will make that appeal this morning to the members and whoever is listening. If you have the money and you want to use it for a worthwhile cause, I beg you, I, I plead to you to give it. Sacrifice, as Pastor Stedman said, sacrifice and give the money so that these people in Kenya can benefit by having water in the church that they can use. We take the water here for granted because we, have it, we get it so easily. But they have to walk miles to get the water to bring it to their home and the church. And a very interesting um, scripture I read, I read it this morning and I said I wanted to read it to you. It's um, Psalms 41. Psalms 41. And this is what it says. Listen carefully. Blessed are those who consider the poor. The Lord will deliver them in the day of trouble. The Lord will preserve them and keep them alive. And they will be blessed on the earth. And you will not deliver them to the will of their enemies. The Lord will sustain them on their sickbed. You will restore all his lying down in his illness. 
That's what the scripture says, those who consider the poor. So I'm asking you this morning to consider the people in Kenya and make the sacrifice and give so that the water can be piped into the church and make it a little bit more convenient for them. And I know you will. I know you will do that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again. Oh, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. For your grace and your mercy towards us each and every day. I thank you for the message that your Holy Spirit brought forth to us this morning. Lord, as human beings, we tend to forget so easily. Help us to remember this message as we start the week. Help it to be our lifestyle, lifestyle evangelism. Live it so that people will see it and gravitate towards it because they need it, Lord. They need it, they need it, they need it. So Father, let your grace be with us. Let your Holy Spirit walk with us and speak with us and remind us of the fruit that we must bear. And we will give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor because you are deserving. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. I would just do nothing else. Is there anything else we want to um, address? Sister Ruth, anything else? No, Reverend Bolt. That's yeah. it. That's it? Okay. We'll just, I'm going to say the benediction and then we, can, uh, we are dismissed. Okay? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and the grace to, uh, and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Shalom. Thank you. <laughs>